0: Brave Feminine Leadership podcast and today for something a little bit different I'm going to interview, well not really, I'm going to have a chat with my business partner Kelly Hayes and we're going to chat about an incredible webinar that we just hosted Um, and the webinar was all about learning to lead through numbers without the jargon where I think we nailed it Kel, I think we managed to do a 30-minute webinar without jargon, what do you think?
1: I think we did pretty good. I think we used one piece of jargon, we did actually explain what that jargon was. So uh, in the main, we've proved the point.
0: We gave people the jargon buzzer and no one used it on us. So I think we may have got away with it. So look, before we jump in, I know we asked people to share with us. We did a little bit of a poll at the start and asked people to share with us why were they joining? And so what did we hear out of that?
1: Um, well, it's really interesting, Mel, because, um, you know, we did present the webinar as it was around, you know, understanding the financials um, without the jargon. And uh, what people came through with, I mean, you know, the biggest one was I think this is important for my career. So, you know, fundamentally we're hearing it everywhere that, um, you know, to get ahead now and to get take that next step, uh, really employers are looking at you know, what is your financial management capability and capacity? Um, And, you know, people are resoundingly saying that that that's what they needed. And that was uh, over 50% of people that came were feeling that way. Uh, Followed up by um, I don't get the jargon, but I think I should. We had about 15% of people felt strongly that that's where they were sitting. And the last one, which um, is really important, is I know the answers, but I'm holding back. So that just tells us that there's still a confidence problem or a confidence issue underlying um, this whole area around financial management.
0: So maybe it's worth kicking into, you know, why is it good for your career to invest in financial and commercial acumen? You know, when I say that, what what jumps to mind for you as the reasons people should invest in it?
1: Well, I think it's really interesting. We get hung up on the words financial and commercial, right? When we talk about this sort of acumen skill set. But what um, we're hearing and, and, and what this area points to is you need to know how to make really good decisions, right? And so understanding how your business operates, how you make money, um, how you spend money, how um, profit works, how bal- how balance sheet comes into it and cash flow is all around how in the moment you make the really important decisions and you make them um, to the best of the ability that you have with all the information you have at that particular point in time. And so you're you're learning the art of stopping, of exploring, getting curious, uh, looking for more sources of data in order to make the decision a really sound one that's right for all stakeholders involved. And so I think too often we get hung up on, financial and commercial acumen is how good am I with the numbers and it's not the numbers is the outcome the absolute the the numbers just tell you how good your decision was and I think that's what really um, all of us at c-suite level are looking for in the people that we're bringing through on development did you have a different view no I I think that's absolutely right
0: and you know I would say I, I think I think myself even though I was always good at maths Um, I think I felt like um, the financial numbers of a business were a completely different language. Um, And I remember feeling intimidated by them myself. Um, And I went off looking for, you know, probably when I was at general manager level, I went off looking for programs to teach me what the financial tools were. And I could find plenty of programs that taught me that. So how do I read a profit and loss statement? You know, what is a balance sheet and what is cash flow? But that actually wasn't what I needed to know. And I think it was that, it was the unlocking of the fact that they are an outcome of the things that you're doing and they can help you find, uh, you know, the story. People say the story and the numbers to actually work out what to do next. Uh, But, no, I I wholeheartedly agree. When did you realise, I mean, when did you realise how important this leading through numbers was going to be for your career and what did you do about it?
1: Well, I'll probably tackle it from a different perspective, not my career. Um, I, I kind of knew very early on that um, you needed to know how things worked in order to get you know the right outcomes. But I think where it really cemented for me the importance of it was um, in my last year as a CEO when we sold a business. And you and I both know that in that business, we spent many, many, many hours um, educating our people on finances, how our pricing worked, and, you know, we were a very financially literate organisation. Um, and it was when selling that organisation, sitting in front of our customers and introducing the, the purchaser, you know, to our client base, and the one thing every customer said was, you know, we don't want too much to change. The person that stands in front of us can make the decision. They don't have to go up through to the CEO. And we know that, you know, the executive trusts those decisions of those people. And they were talking about our account management team. And that was when I realised the magic of, you know, investing in people to understand this and having them use it day to day. They were so empowered. And I only realised after the event just um, how good their decisions were, how sound they were and how we didn't manage over the top of them. Um, And so it was I know that their careers have all accelerated, you know, as an outcome, that they have this skill. Um, And so, you know, that sort of brought it home for me in terms of the importance um, was in this instance it was how our customers felt.
0: Where can people learn these skills? I mean, I know they can go away and get programs, but, you know, do you have a perspective on why more people aren't learning this sort of stuff on the job?
1: Um, I think that um, a lot of organisations don't open their books to their people, um, and that means that they can't understand where they affect um, the financial outcomes in organisations. They can't see a line of sight between themselves, you know, and the levers that they're trying to drive. Wow. So I would say that the starting point is businesses holding on to that information and and just not sharing it. The second is who gets the opportunity when um, you know to be in the room when that information is shared and how much time is spent just going through the outcomes of these are the results versus how much time is spent on the story about how did we get that result or could we have got a different result? And so it's around, I don't think, you know, management teams are sitting around so much talking about what they're saying. I think they're relying on a finance team to give them a report that gives them some um, terminology around this is up, this is down, this is flat, but the why is missing. And so if if as um, sponsors, uh, leaders, we actually invest the time to talk about the why things have happened and why we've had certain outcomes, you know, I think people would be more exposed to the basics um, and feel more comfortable um, in terms of going down this path. So I think it's up to organisations to sponsor this, you know, within organisations. But that's really why we designed our program because other programs out there are around teaching you how to read a P&L. Mm. But anyone can do that. And I'm happy for companies that are really good at doing that. To do that, we actually say, okay, you are now managing one. What actions do you have to take? What analysis do you have to do? What questions, really important, what are the questions I have to ask today to find out what's going on?
0: Okay, so it's an interesting point you make, and as you were talking about it, I was just thinking about the fact that you know, as people came in, you've got people saying, uh, "I feel, you know, I feel like I should know the jargon more, and I don't." Um, that I know the answer, but I'm holding back on it, which kind of talks to potentially a, a confidence issue. And I know you and I both encourage people to to be vulnerable um, and to sort of open up and ask those questions. So when we think about that, what you know, we, you and I had a conversation recently about vulnerability being the new superpower. What are these skills? What are Leading Through Numbers? How do you kind of talk about
1: them? So I talk about it at the very top level. Leading Through Numbers is having that ability to take really complex information and data that's circling around, um, you know, and financials look complex um, and, and can be, but you're disseminating it down to a really simple statement where you can create a compelling vision that you can share with your people or your manager or your colleague um, to take them on the journey about what change needs to happen because you know leading through numbers is saying you can analyze a situation but you've actually got to do something you've actually got to change the outcome you've got to move the needle you know we hear all these cliche terms but they're true Um, and so leading through numbers is saying I have to influence enough people around me to make that change happen so that this outcome doesn't occur again and again and again. And the only way you can, um, you know, you lead through influencing and in this instance you've got to influence through storytelling Mm -hmm. and there's got to be a compelling reason for people to follow you and there's got to be an ask. You've got to involve other people as well. So it's all those things we learn about as leaders It's just applying it to a specific, um, you know, set of circumstances where the numbers have led you to the problem. But the same skills that you use to lead you out of a problem that someone else has identified for you is, is, you know, what I call leading through numbers. It's fascinating
0: listening to this because... Part of what I'm thinking about is, and I've seen this in organisations before, where there's a disconnect between the CFO or the finance team, and you and I have worked with some incredible CFOs, really business savvy CFOs, but often CFOs don't have the people leadership experience, um, they don't have the change management experience, and they don't necessarily have access to all the levers that are going to drive change in business. And where there's that disconnect in language and where you've got, you know, someone who's leading a P&L who isn't able to express the why or who isn't able to identify necessarily the levers or express themselves in terms of the actions, I've seen CFOs take over the whole forecasting process. And the forecasting process becomes a financial process just based on history or just based on an arbitrary, we need to take this much cost out of the business or we need to do these things. And it, it misses the chance for the executives who actually are going to drive the change to actually have input into that. Um, yeah. You know, we've both seen that, right?
1: Yeah. And that's where you have conversations around are those targets realistic? You know, um, and that you, if when you leave people out of the forecasting process, you open yourself up to those questions because they didn't have any input. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, if you just take a run rate analysis and just, use that to do your forecast you're missing a whole lot of important information and data that means you could be under forecasting you could be over forecasting you could be completely off or missing a big opportunity i look at forecasting um you know and we have had some great cfos that we've worked with which is why you know we've learned this a different way i guess which is what's the stuff you can control what's good performance look like you don't forecast on poor performance that's why that's why I don't like straight line analysis because all you're doing is taking the current performance today and just extrapolating it out but what does good look like and and then what do I need to change to deliver that number that I'm putting into the forecast so it's around your decisions and it's forecasting is around assumptions and it is around knowing the detail and it is highlighting knowns that you know are coming at you that are going to materially affect the forecast mm-hmm. and so I, I think there's this lovely symbiotic relationship that should exist between finance a CFO and a head of operations around synthesizing that together which is really how we grew up in our organization um we could have those conversations um and get better outcomes um, you know, for the organisation. So I I think that the same process you put in place to do a budget when you do it bottom up, you should be running for a forecast. Um, and if you leave it just to one group to do, then no one's going to buy in. So in our webinar, we uh, we took our audience
0: and I was thrilled with the attendance at that webinar. It's the first one we've done mm-hmm. for this particular um. Program, which is a new program for us the finance move to mastery program um, thrilled with both the interest and the attendance at the program um, but also we were lucky that you know over 75 percent of people rated at five stars so yeah. so even better they got to actually take some value out of it and i guess that's what we were looking for you and i hope to share with people i guess five insights um, and we won't go into those insights today because we might encourage people to um, sign up for our next webinar or register mm-hmm. their interest for our next webinar. Before I just touch briefly on the program itself because I'm sure people will be interested in that, um, anything else you would like to add for people to sort of understand about, you know, the program, why you developed it, um, you know, all the topic in general, Kel?
1: I I just think that it's crucial um, for all of our careers to understand this subject. And I really find that you don't learn it by sitting in a room doing textbook, which is why I created one that's got dynamic tools that we use so that people can actually practise making decisions and changing assumptions and seeing what happens, you know, as an outcome, but also put them in a situation where you know, they have to create the story, and they have to learn how to lead with a compelling vision and share that vision. And I really want people to know that managing financials is not about the numbers. You know, it is about your leadership skills, and um, but it's giving you the confidence to go. Oh, the number's going to take me to the problem, and so then you know I, I can put it into action. And I I just think too many of us go, I'm not going to pursue the area of finance because it's all just maths and excel spreadsheets and really I want people to know that it's where HR and culture hit the ground running and you just see the outcome you know in your financial statements so it's about creating a space that's really safe where you can ask what you think is a silly question even though I don't believe there are any silly questions but you should have the ability you know on the permission to do that and um and that's how you learn i think you learn by being in the situation doing using the tools and then practice um and i i don't think we get that just by sitting and learning how to read a pnl so you're not expecting people to do an accounting degree when they join no i'm not an accountant you're not an accountant um no not at all not at all But I want to give them the basics so that they can hold their own um, and also add value back to their organisations. So, and, you know, the basics will help them in the future if they want to pursue a board career because that's the thing that we all forget is that if you want that portfolio career, you have to be able to get through the starting gate around, you know, asking hard questions because that job is about asking questions, right? Absolutely. Um, of the financials. So I, I think it, it it helps in a number of ways. And a lot of executives are launching that
0: sort of portfolio career by moving into the not-for-profit space and things like that. And, um, you know, there's there's a lot of tricky legislation around being on a not-for-profit board. So mm. it's critical to, um, to make sure that you understand all of that and all of the numbers of that business as well. So Carol... Um, With this program, um, so we've built a program that's kind of got a proven roadmap that takes people from sort of step A to B um, and helps them.
1: And that program runs for how long? So um, I try and run them over three weeks. It's um, two two two-hour sessions a week for three weeks. Um, You know, we can run it over longer weeks, but I just find that um, the opportunity to learn something, um, digest it, and then come have a day's break, and then come back into the room, and you know, and and do the next piece, um, has worked really well um, for the groups that we've had come through it. So it's not a huge commitment, and I don't really like there to be much work to do outside of those two hour sessions. So we're not asking people to do a lot of work in their own time. The only own time work, if I can call it that, in inverted commas, is that there's a Uh, a pre-work module um, called Numbers Ninja, which is 100% online, which is just a baseline, everyone. So you come into the program understanding the basics around the three primary financial statements.
0: Fantastic. So that program is split into three phases over that period of time. So there's a foundation phase, which picks up the online self-paced work that you've just referenced, so Numbers Ninja, um, and then we get into the program itself, so we really help. What is leading through numbers all about? So a bit deeper than the conversation we've touched on today, um, we go into one of my sort of favourite areas around. It's not about the stationery, and mm. you and I always have a bit of a giggle about this one, but it's so true that people focus on the things they know in a P&L. And they see a line item that looks like it's easy to manage, so we'll stop spending on stationery, uh, we'll stop travel, we'll stop. You know, there's all these things that are easy to stop. But don't, you know, they're the red herring. They don't get you to the real problem of what's going on. And then phase two is flying leap. So this is where you really get to have a bit of fun. You get on the tools. We get people over any of those fears they've got Mm -hmm. um, onto the tools so they can actually see the impact of their decisions in real time. Um, Break it down takes them to, you know, actually getting crystal clear on the problem you're trying to solve. And then I know your favourite part is the insight to action, which is where people actually spring into the right action so they can deliver the maximum impact. And then we finish it up with financially fit. So forecasting the future. We both know that, you know, the the credibility of leaders just escalates when they can actually deliver forecasts that are, um, you know, they're a stretch, but they're achievable. Can yeah. um, rely on the numbers that they're putting forward. What are we going to say there?
1: No, I agree. It's just yeah. so often we see with forecasting that um, inaccuracy is like the bugbear um, of any CEO and CFO um, because they've got to represent that number. And like you said, it doesn't just hurt the credibility of the person that's done the forecast. It's anyone that's representing it. Yeah. Um, super important.
0: And then uh, two more modules. So one's called Mix It With the CFO, Um, and this goes back to the conversation we were having earlier around how do you work out those questions you need to ask to assess the financial health of any company? Yeah. um, And kind of seamlessly integrate your leadership skills, because it is largely the skills you're going to, or the the skills and decisions you're going to make as a leader that are going to influence the change. And then lastly, releasing your inner mandrake. So it's all about, you know, actually cracking the magic aspect of being able to lead through both the numbers and people. So fabulous to have a conversation with you today. I feel all pumped up after we finished that webinar. It was so lovely Mm -hmm. to see so many people come along. Um, Clearly, the research is clear around these skills being important for your career, and we can point to a whole lot of sources around that. But beyond that, you know, with the webinar attendance today, over 50% of people are telling us they know it's important for their career. And so that gives me incredible optimism about people opting in to invest and do something for themselves about it.
1: Yeah, and I think it goes to the heart of what we're really passionate about is we want 100,000 women to be more intentional about their career. And if people are locking in to the fact that this is vitally important to their next step, then great because um, I think it's too easy to bury your head in the sand and hope that you don't need to do anything about it. But all of the reports are showing us that, you know, if you want that career advancement, you do need to do something about it.
0: So for those of you out there who know it's important but may have been guilty of at one point or another, like me, early in my career of putting my hands over my ears and saying, you know, I'm a people person, I'm, I'm not about the numbers, um yeah, I think it's time for all of us to kind of move on from move on from that. And you and I both know that it was those skills that escalated, you know, escalated our own yeah. careers to the point where we were both global CEOs leading pretty big teams successfully. Yeah. So Kel, thank you so much for joining the conversation today. I just encourage any of the listeners, if you're interested to hear more, you just need to go to our website, so com. And you can look into our courses and you'll find Finance Move to Mastery. We would love to see you join us. Um, or we'd also love to see you join the community. So yeah. thank you very much for being part of the conversation today. Wishing you Thanks a good Thanks for day. having me, Mel. Pleasure. See you soon.
1: Yeah.